Today is a special episode because we have a special guest, Arthur Cheong. He's a DeFi investor, and if you are on Twitter, you should know him by Arthur0x. He talks a lot about DeFi, he has been investing in the space for a while. Today we're going to sit together with him to understand what makes a good token economics so that investors are interested in investing in that. In this interview with Arthur, we covered quite a bit of things. So what makes a good token? What are some top three tokens that he thinks has good token economics? The evolution of token as a form of equity? The retailization trend in DeFi? The factors of due diligence when he as an investor is looking at different tokens and tokens to invest in? We also talked about some trends in DeFi, which is yield farming, where is the economic value coming from, and also what DeFi will look like in the next couple of years. And lastly, before we end, he gave some advice to token engineers and economic designers of what to look out for when you're designing your ecosystem. So let's get started. What makes a good token then? that we're seeing as tokens are being used to bootstrap crowdfunding in the ICO phase in early 2017-2018. They are mostly using tokens as a means of payment. And actually this is a very big challenge because you are actually adding the friction to the adoption of your product or your network. Because if I can pay for certain products and services with other more stable unit of account or even just US dollar, it's much more complicated and if you are forcing users to convert to your token to pay for services, it's a friction and it's a volatile union of Today, we're seeing a different trend. We're looking at yield farming, where projects are way beyond just a white paper phase. They have a product that's ready to be used and looking at a product market fit. So tokens now are used in a different form to acquire, to bootstrap the network with a usable service that's available. Given that token structure and token design have evolved with all these years, what are some three tokens with very good token economics that you have seen?
free come from? The free that the network charge on people using the network itself. Which is right now it is uh, trading across different synthetic assets. So you can trade it from a synthetic US dollar to synthetic gold or synthetic silver and all Greek and tails. So it's also gonna be more synthetic asset in the future. So it's you can the energy is like you're owning a piece of a CME. So Chicago Whatever fee that this exchange charge will go to the token holder. So this is how it looks at it. This has good token economy because it's very clear that where the value control comes from. There are more adoption, more usage of this protocol, the more fee that will go to the token holder. So this is making it accessible. And another factor is uh, we use inflationary reward to bootstrap the network. Because at the beginning, the fee is not sufficient to really incentivize people to use it or to stake it to provide the liquidity to the platform. So by having a significant reward to bootstrap the network, we have to propel the network to a higher level where they attract more and more users. The liquidity can also increase massively throughout the network. So after we introduce the new program where they station to fund the growth of the network, the market cap of the program has increased from less than 10 million to almost 300 million. So there's a huge evidence of Another token is a Kyber Network. So Kyber Network is the same thing. A token of a decentralized uh, crypto exchange. And it's also very similar model. The fee comes from the usage of token, using the Kyber Network to trade. And uh, this one, they are also distributing the fee reward directly for the token holder to participate in the governance of the network. So right now, they just launch it uh, this weekend for any token holder to vote for the governance proposal in Kyber DAO. They will be able to receive the uh, rewards payable in each native currency of the period. So, I think that's another good example of that's a very clear value. The last token I would say has a good token economic is Luna. So, Luna is a collateral token of ERA. So, ERA is a stable control robot. It's already achieved a very huge mainstream position. They have more than 1.5 million total registered users. And a daily active user of it is $50,000. So, the advantage of using these payment methods is it's cheaper compared to the credit card conversion. They're also able to offer a higher discount. For most merchants, they pay 2 to 3% for using Visa MasterCard. For Terra, uh, they only charge less than 1% for the transaction for using their, their stable coin. And these fees go to all the Luna token staker that is providing the Collateral to generate this uh, stable coin. It's a very clear value capture. Right now, the staking income for Terra is 13-15%, and this is all non dilutive and they are not using inflation to pay, but instead they're using transaction fee to pay. So, another energy of this is they are like owning a piece of Visa, except that you're not owning a liquidity, but you're owning a token where all the transaction fee that Visa charge is over So, if I can summarize, the three points that make these tokens very well designed with good token economics is that one, it's able to tokenize the economic value accrued by the network so that it can be distributed to the users and to the community. Because at the end of the day, one of the principles is that decentralization also means equality or distribution of power and equality to the community and to users of the community. The second is that there has to be very clear value accrual or value capture either within the ecosystem or compared to alternatives or options outside the ecosystem, so off-chain solutions.
The third thing is that tokens are not just a one-off asset or one-off thing to have one objective, which is probably a store of value. But tokens have a lot of other use cases that needs to be tapped on, like a way to bootstrap the ecosystem. So it's more than just one objective that the, the token serves, but has a lot more secondary and tertiary objectives that a token has to serve. So really, to maximize the usage of the token or to maximize the existence of tokens in the ecosystem. And ideally, the most advantage compared to equity is that you can use it to incentivize those with because in a normal traditional path, it's actually quite hard for those who are supposed to give out your equity to a user. But for tokens, it's very easy. You can use it to pay to your users so they can have an upside to be the success of the product. I've been thinking a lot about equity and that equity is very different from tokens as a form of equity, as a form of financial security, because equity really has an off-chain governance. You have the SEC or you have the various financial arms or financial departments in a country to govern the security or to, to govern the legislation around equity. The thing about tokens is that you don't have that. You have to take on the risk as an investor or as a believer of the token. You can't outsource the risk to laws and to legislations out there. With tokens taking on a more financial security or equity role, then the, the user, the investor, is taking on more of the risk that would have been outsourced to the financial um, authorities and regulations and law. Yes, I think this is a uh, yeah, this is definitely a very new area, and then it's one of the best of Also, why there's higher risk and higher reward, and you need more reward to the investor that willing to spend more time to do due diligence, do a deeper research, and doing more complicated Talking about due diligence, the other effect of decentralization is retailization. So, a lot of retail investors, retail traders coming in instead of institutional ones, and this is this is both good and bad because the good thing is that. It serves the whole idea of decentralization. You give power back to the people. People get to make decisions. You don't have institutions coming in to gather all the power in a capitalistic world. So it helps to distribute that power to individuals. But now the bad thing is that it increases risk to people. It is about intensifying instant gratification because people are looking at 10x growth. It's about less responsibility for the actions because now Individuals are responsible for how they trade and they can't just blame someone else, blame the institutions for, for that. They have to be the one responsible for it. And people are not really ready for this level of responsibility. And lastly, it's very easy to scam. Why? Because the thing about due diligence is that it's not easy to do. Here we are talking about what makes a good token, what makes good token design, what makes good governance, what are tokens coming becoming a form of security, a, a form of equity. And... As a retail guy, as a, as a person trading for fun, you might not have the full knowledge and full information to do the right due diligence. So what I've seen a lot of people doing is that they're just following these DeFi investors or DeFi influencers to follow what they recommend online, which is good. The risk is that there could be 10 influencers being paid to show some shitcoin and these people who don't know how to do due diligence, who don't have time to do due, due diligence, who don't know how to do due diligence, are just following the advice. So it becomes like a long-term, long-term explicit scam going on. Yes, I think this is a big of uh, ultimately, I think, 
Important is that you also mentioned is that tokens have to be fundamentally well designed. What would be the two fundamentals that you look at to show or to prove that these tokens are fundamentally well designed and not having just hypes or pump and dump to increase the price and the value of the token? I think this uh, is standard. First of all, you look at for DeFi protocol, most of them have some quantifiable metrics to look at, be it a dollar, a platform, or a decentralized trading. For a lending a borrowing protocol, you will have the total amount that of the deposits and borrowed loans to the platform. So this is under the quantify. You can see that whether it is is it growing on a consistent basis and how fast the growth is. And for the volume, likewise. And another thing you can look at is the user that is interacting with the protocol. Usually, if you have a good uh, user group that is close to the platform, so this is a few fundamental things to look at. 
trend in the DeFi space is yield farming. And we talked about yield farming a lot of time. It's trending like crazy on Twitter for almost a month now. Just now we talked about how tokens are, are a way to extract the economic value of a platform, of, a, of an ecosystem. And then to distribute this platform or to distribute this utility or this economic value to the community, which is very good. What I'm failing to see is that in yield farming, where is this economic value coming from? All these DeFi protocols and platforms are still very new. And whatever incentive mechanisms like yield farming, it's not really sustainable in the long run since a lot of trade are using leverage. So we are looking at a, a margin trade and not a, a, real, a real value that is being traded. It's a lot on margin, on leverage. So how would you justify the increasing monetary value of all these tokens that is accrued from yield farming? Very similar to how Google, when they get started, they are paying They are losing money on every score for such a platform that has success, but it has to transfer network. So I think for you, Marvin, it's a very simple. A lot of the platform they are paying a very abnormally high rate for user for using that platform to transfer network. So for a lot of the marketplace, it's always a legitimate issue that if you do not have enough supplier, you do not the user will not come to the platform. But if you don't have enough user, supply also not incentivized. So by having a very high rate. I absolutely agree. And the other problem that I see is that I think DeFi should, ex or any technology for that matter, should be increasing the pie, increasing the size of the size of pie, and not taking the pie and cutting it into smaller pieces. What I'm seeing is that a lot of investors are coming in, taking a big slice of the pie, and then you know selling their things off to be cutting that that same amount of pie to more people and to be shared. It's not increasing the the size of pie. So is this a zero sum game? Or how can we turn this into a positive sum game down the road? I think in terms of the spending of time, uh, actually I think it was a possibility. As one of the goals, if you are the Twitter users, we actually talked to a lot of the new users that have actually never interacted with these DeFi protocols before, and they are actually uh, trying it out for the first time. So it did bring a lot of the users, even within the crypto space, there are actually a decent amount of users that never interacted And these people actually attracted to use it for the first time because of the network. So I think it did end up spending the time. But whether this money will stay in the long run, I think it will, it's ultimately better to support the still to justify so that even after this reward. So I think right now, the pie actually has uh, expanded. Yes, the reward has to be uh, top heavy. That's true. I absolutely believe that soon 
the market will come in, it will level up with arbitrages, with high-frequency traders, and it will find a market price that is deemed reasonable or deemed efficient by the market. So going back to the topic of DeFi, DeFi is booming. 2019 was the year of stablecoins. In fact, Tether USDT has just reached $10 billion in, in the system. And that's a lot. A lot. It shows that people are demanding stablecoins, people are trading with stablecoins. It shows that that might be one of the ways for us to reach mass adoption in the DeFi or in crypto in general. So what do you think DeFi will look like in the next three to five years? I think the future of DeFi is likely going to start from the adoption of the developing market first because uh, you do have certain level of technical sophistication models are uh, easy to do very quickly. I think if you come from offering a broader access various level of the financial product to the user in the developed market because even right now uh, most normal users they currently have access to very popular financial stocks and bonds and uh, the barrier to entry is pretty uh, high for a lot of the other so if I can bring a mass decentralization to various people and have them in their wealth management and have them in their day to day so I think uh, the option is not I think we will see a deeper link to the bridge. Because actually, there's a lot of new bridge gateway coming out. Have normal user interact with the device for public information. And I think this is something that we need to accelerate and bring more knowledge. Because even doing a relatively low risk high usage choice, you will get at least 3-5% of the agree with your point. I just have a different view. I think the developed market is a great place to get started, but the less developed really has, has one of the best competitive advantage. If you look at the, the financial state of a less developed or developing country, they have corrupt monetary policy, although they don't really have that efficient leaders or that efficient uh, governors to govern central banks and to govern to have the right kind of monetary policies in place. The financial system is also quite unstable. It's very, especially for smaller countries, is prone to geopolitics, is prone to a lot of things that bigger countries are doing. So it's not very stable. So in that sense, crypto becomes a no-brainer. It becomes a very attractive alternative for them to get access to all the stable coins around the world, to get access to different kind of assets, to give much higher returns than their instable systems that they have in place. So I think less developed countries or less developed nations are probably the way that we can reach mass adoption. I think that for the middle class, DeFi is the 
Before we conclude, if you can have one advice that you can give to token designers or economic designers, what would you give? You need to know the comparative advantage of having a token compared to the traditional economic relationship of entities. So, and you use this to the most advantage because this allows you a lot of flexibility for how to distribute the value generated by the project or so do utilize this to the maximum. I think ultimately is not make or break a It is just a very good network because ultimately you still need to have a very good product that makes sense for you to use in the first place. Just that having a, a good token can accelerate your growth and convert your user to be a more user-friendly member and possibly a major investor in your project. To summarize, that would be. One, to have to know your key competitive advantage of using a token as opposed to the traditional market where no tokens are being used, because that's where the strength of tokenization lies. The second is to use token to its utmost advantage, to exploit all the to exploit and leverage all the, the benefits that token can bring. It could be incentivizing, it could be gamification, it could be reputation building. Use everything that tokens can provide to your ecosystem to help build it. And lastly is to absolutely find product market fit because tokens are not a magic pill. It's not jack and a beanstalk where you have the pill and or the beans and it will come out a beautiful solution to eradicate you from poverty. But tokens are really just a means to an end. Tokens are not a, an end to itself. And tokens can only help to accelerate growth if there's something worth growing. That means this product has good product market fit, that it's, it's much better than alternatives in the space, that people are willing to use it, to test it, to try it. And these are the three things to summarize what advice that Arthur is giving to token ecosystem builders and economic designers. Well, thank you, Arthur. And for those of you who are interested in more topics like this, you can check out our Token Economics Blueprint course. The URL is here and you can also scan a QR code to get access. We're currently having a discount and the lessons are 10 lessons with 15 15 hours in total, you can just pick and choose the lesson that you want and pay accordingly. We're having a discount as well, so I'll see you there or I'll see you in the next episode. Tell me what you're interested to look at or who, who you would like to listen to and I can reach out to them as well. Till then, goodbye! <laughs>